Welcome, welcome to another interesting conversation about our fellow Jamaicans. As you know, June is Caribbean American Heritage Month for those of you in the U.S. and around the world. Well, this is a special day that we in the Caribbean diaspora have created. Um, and so to feature our Jamaican that we're very, very proud of, it is our privilege to have a conversation with media personality Candace. We can get to speak to Candace, a highly regarded voice of the Caribbean broadcast journalism, tireless advocate in her community, and a capable ambassador for our culture. Here are some of her accomplishments. Syndicated radio host, producer, Jamaican and Caribbean stations, actress and television host, includes the being the pioneer on BET, filmmaker and instructor at the online faculty at the Los Angeles Film School, a recent MBA graduate from the prestigious Syracuse University. This media personality has been lying low in the recent years, but look out, she's here and Chris is going to do the interview. So pour yourself a tall glass of something nice and listen to some refreshing inspiration. So take it away, Chris. Thanks, Denise. And welcome, Candice. Good to have you. Thank you for having me, Chris. Yes, great. Let's start by sharing with our audience a little about your background. For those of you, those are not familiar with you, given that you're a media person in the Caribbean. Tell us a little about your Jamaican roots. All right. Well, I was born and raised in Kingston, Jamaica. I I spent I was there right up into my adult life. I I started out as a performer in um as most most children who are artistic in Jamaica, uh I started out performing at the festivals as a child singing in the choir, uh, that I graduated into high school, did a little dancing there, um, where I excelled in dance and drama. And then I decided to study performing arts. So my first degree is actually in performing arts. Um, my, my first associate degree is in uh, performing arts. And then I ended up working on the North Coast, as most performing arts majors do. And I, 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 I remember I, I got ill. It was too much for me, and I, I was working. I'm a hard worker. I, I tend to work really, really hard, and I worked really hard, and I worked myself into sickness. And um, my doctor said, you can't do this anymore. And at the time, I had an aunt who owned the first, uh, the first TV cable station in the country. It was called Reggae Sun TV. This is way before RETV, Music Plus, all of them. And I went over and started working in television there, and that's where I kind of cut my teeth on TV, I would say. It was very rudimentary. It was very, very um, low budget, very guerrilla style, as we say in the film world. But I spent about two years or so as a teenager really working and honing my craft there, being a little bit of a one-man band 
producing, hosting, uh, writing scripts, doing a little bit of um, of editing, things like that. And Winford Williams came calling. He saw me out at an event producing with a, with a couple of my camera people. And Winford Williams, that's Winford from CBM TV, he tried to recruit me for about a year, and I said no. And then um, eventually, I guess the offer was too good to refuse. And okay. I guess the rest is history. I became the youngest person to have their own TV show on television in Jamaica. I was 18 years old when I started working at CBM TV. And I had two shows that I, I was the host of, The Party mm. and The Video Countdown, The Hit List, which is what I was brought on at CBM TV to do. So I was a very big part of the EU, Nate. Wrote a lot of on-stage scripts. Um, with Winford, worked very closely with Winford for many, many years. I believe okay. even today, if you hear uh, On Stage is brought to you by, that's actually my voice. I did that voiceover right. a good 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. So, so boy, you're, you're really a, a young pioneer here in this space. Um, you, you know, I know your aunt had the station and the like, but was there a media personality that just, boy, I... That inspired me? I'm sorry, I didn't hear yes. you. I think you're Yeah, there okay. was somebody, out, you know, outside of your family that inspiration says, I'd like to do that also. Honestly, I just love to perform. I was always a performer. I was always a singer, a dancer, an actress, that sort of thing. And... Being in entertainment and being that close to what I loved and being able to be the conduit of that information to a wider audience is really what made me um, excited to go to work every day. So to be honest, I really never wanted to be a media personality at all. Um, it's not something that I decided I wanted to do since I was a little girl. What I wanted to do was perform on Broadway. Since I was a little okay. girl, I, <laughs> that never really happened for me, but uh, this was my, another way for me to express my talent, express myself, and still in the same vein, make enough money to, to live the way I wanted to. And so I fell into media by accident, but I love it. I love every minute of it. I really do. I love my craft. I love the challenge of producing a television show. Uh, from scratch, writing my scripts, developing the stories, finding the stories in interviews, and I talk a lot, as you can tell. So, <laughs> right, right. so, so you that seem like you, you're involved with <laughs> in several pieces of it. You you researched this stuff, you wrote the copy, and then you also produced the stuff, and and you're a part of it. So you're yes, in I'm front a of a camera and I'm also a, behind the camera. Absolutely, I'm a I'm a journalist first. Um, I'm a journalist first, so I write uh, most of the e-news stories, the entertainment news stories that happened at the first part of On Stage were written. Most of those stories were written by me and produced by me. Um, the voice, the voiceovers were also me. A lot of times, Winford would be working on his interviews and things like that. We would work together on those. And I, I worked at CBM Television for about five, five years, five and a half years. During that time, so, I was exposed to a lot. I, I had my own show on BET. I did a season of Live from Paradise. I don't believe that there's any other TV host 
from Jamaica, um, that work in Jamaica that's from Jamaica, that can, that has had the privilege right. to have their own show on BET. All right. Before we get to your BET piece, we want to, you know, because some of our, our, our folks that are listening, young people leaning in to find out, gee, you know, um, when they hear inspirational speakers like you, they'd like to know, you know, did – what, did you take certain subjects in class to be able to do such an array of work? How did <laughs> high school prepare you for that? High school, wow. Okay. I was not the best student in high school. I I really was not. I was a B minus at best when I graduated. I really didn't focus on my academics so much as I focused a lot on my craft. I really, really loved to dance. I really, really loved music. And pretty much every year since I've started school, since kindergarten, I would always receive the award for dance, drama, or music at whatever school I was attending. And that's really where my focus was. I was always a very bright child, always very inquisitive, very, very intelligent. I really loved documentaries. I loved to immerse myself in the news. I was, and to this day, I am very, very much um, aware of what's going on around me. I'm very much aware of what's going on in, my, in, in, in the world. I've always had a very open mind to, to situations and people and an, and an inquisitive mind. So to be honest, I, you know, I would say Excelsior High School uh, prepared me socially. Um, going to a, a co-educational institution really prepared me on life, on and, and okay. a school that was uh, not exactly the most, how do I say this? Cause, because Excelsior is a really a very, very good institution. It's a very good school, quality education, um, both on in, in terms of on paper, but also in life. You know, very okay, active so in writing, sports and yeah. things like that. Yeah, you're, you're, writing you're is what like comes naturally to me. <laughs> your writing skills from? I I learned that at Excelsior High School for sure. Um, very good okay. English program there. Very very uh -huh. good English language program. And my parents as well. I I come from a very and very intellectual family. My father is an, is a mechanical engineer. My mother is the art archives and records management consultant. So being the artist in the family was not the easiest thing to be. Right. <laughs> My little yeah. sister just graduated from Yale, so that should tell you the family that I'm from. So I was the only okay. artist. So I actually want to say something to the young people who are artists mm -hmm. in a family of nerds. <laughs> Is, okay. Um, it's okay to be different. Just be just invest in what you love. If you invest in what you love, then you'll always it, the money will always find its way to you. But you have to invest in what you love. You have to. It's not enough to just love it. You have to put in the work. You have to get ex and do whatever it is. Do what makes you excited to get out of bed every day. I have never done anything in terms of my work that I don't love. Nothing. <laughs> well, to tell Nothing. us about some of those special moments for you. Could you give us two special moments 
that are still so memorable and pleasant for you in your in your early career? Oh boy. Oh wow. That's that's a tough one to be honest because there's so many. I really really enjoyed my job. I mean, I mean, I was at work on Christmas Day, New Year's Day for for ten years. I never rang in a New Year's off camera. I was always on camera when the year rang in. I was doing the countdown on television. So I. So was there a person, or a, a, was there a person, or a, a topic that that kind of you said, boy, that was so special. When I interviewed Lionel Richie, that meant a lot to me. I've been a major okay. fan of Lionel Richie forever. I grew up on his music. He wasn't very fond of the fact that I said I grew up on your music. <laughs> He's like, you're calling me old. However, um, that was quite the experience for me. Working with the BET crew as well um, was, was, was very different, you know, from the way things are done in the Caribbean. And it was my first kind of introduction to first world. I was very, very young. I was 21 at the time. I think I was too young to appreciate what was really happening, right? But I dove in feet first, and I really, really enjoyed the taping of the Life from Paradise uh, experience. It really prepared me for even my producing that I've done here in the U.S. Um, okay. But interviewing Lionel Richie was very special to me because I love his music so, so much. He is a wonderful personality. He welcomed me with open arms. He truly did not disappoint me, as most artists tend to do when you interview them in person. Um, he really, right. really was a wonderful, wonderful person. Um, another good moment for me was meeting LL Cool J. Loved him, loved him a lot as well. Sierra was a gem to interview. Um, Boys to Men. I interviewed Boys to Men on and Air Supply on my birthday. That was okay. amazing. Yeah, I really Air Supply gave me a guitar pick for my birthday before they went out on stage as a birthday gift. I still have it. That was really That's a wonderful, nice. memorable moment for me. Yeah. All right. So, given that media personalities are usually seen as divas, right? How do you yes. and moving from uh, <laughs> from a, a, a you know country like Jamaica into the space of BET? What were some of the things you had to do to you know to be on your top of your game at BET? Well, because my show only ran for one season, I really kind of had a very short foray into. Um, BET. So the biggest the biggest issue that I that BET had with me was my accent. They thought my accent was too thick and that the people in the United States would not appreciate or be able to understand what I was saying. I was speaking mm-hmm. to you as I am now, but apparently it was a little much for them and so they had suggested a language coach and all sorts of things. We're going to go into that, and then the show got canceled for, I guess, budgetary reasons. One regret I do have is that I didn't take advantage of that. I had, I didn't have management at the time, and so at 21 years old, I didn't know how to take advantage of that opportunity the way a lot of people are doing now, right? Um, right. I, I guess because we didn't have social media back then. This was 2004. I, I really didn't have anyone around me to assist me to take really take advantage of that opportunity. 
and head myself uh, into the United States market as a TV host at the time when I was young and fresh and green and ready to go. All right. So, so give, give the, there may be some young women listening to you right now. Given right. the, the experience and the season at the other, can you share one gem of wisdom for her that would allow her to be successful in in her career in media? Don't be afraid of change, but always, always, always stay true to who you are. It has been the key to my success in any area or arena that I've been in. When I walk into any room, people usually, even if they've never met me, they know nothing about me because I am so authentic and genuine in everything that I do, in every interaction that I have. People feel that. People see that. And they will gravitate toward that. Do not try to be what you're not. It will come across through the camera to your audience. Always, always be yourself. Always okay. be yourself. But don't be afraid to make changes to improve upon yourself. All right. Those great two advice. are very important. It seems like you're not afraid to change. Got an MBA degree, which people oh, would yes. not see as being within the media space. Um, I still think give us a sense of what motivated <laughs> you to do that and how you're going to leverage it within your media uh, profession. Okay, so I came to the United States because I was an actress in a sitcom in Jamaica called Me and the Crew. At the time, I was probably the highest, if not one of the highest paid uh, entertainment personalities in the country. I was I had a, I had shows across the Caribbean. I was working for Heineken. I was working for CVM. I was doing work for uh, MTV Temple. I was really on top of my game. And I realized that I was going to be doing this in this position for the next 30 years, and I was not okay with that. I'm, I'm an Aquarian. I like change. I like to grow. And I felt like... I needed more, right? So when I did the actress thing with me and my crew, it was a totally different space from television. Film was 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 easier in terms of, it's still hard, but you didn't have deadlines. You didn't have to deal with clients all the time telling you how they wanted your stories to be or getting upset when you did your stories or you told the truth about their events or you didn't have these crazy two-day deadlines. You had three months to do a project which usually mm-hmm. I have three days. And so I really loved that. I did me and the crew for two or three seasons as a supporting actress. And I said, you know what? I want to do this. I want to do film. And so I took all my savings. I literally walked off the job, came to the United States, went to film school, where I learned a lot about filmmaking. While doing that, I still missed doing my media stuff. And so I created Island Fever FM. Actually, I created the Candid the Cannon show, which was on air in Atlanta for a while, then on air in Orlando um, for a while. And so I was doing that. And when I left school, I went into producing for a home shopping network here in the United States. 
Mm-hmm. And while doing that, I still maintain doing my show. And everybody here liked the show. I won a number of awards for best uh, Jamaican radio show in Orlando and things like that. And what I realized is if I'm going to be an entrepreneur for real, then I need to learn how the big boys do it. I need to come out of my creative space, and I need to learn how to walk as a black woman in a in 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 a white man's world. I want and I and because and this is something you might not understand as a man, but as a woman, as a good as a woman who who has a little bit of looks, people tend when you walk into a meeting or a boardroom and you look a certain way, they assign a certain reason as to why you're there and it usually doesn't have anything to do with your intellect but everything to do with how you look and so i wanted to i wanted to lead with those three letters behind my name when i walk into a business meeting okay so when i walk into a meeting now it's candace buchanan mba it's not candace buchanan tv host pretty girl on television who looks nice it's candace buchanan mba businesswoman entrepreneur when I walk into a room. And right. that so is why to give you an authoritative position. Correct. In the game. Absolutely. Okay. No. And I think every oh. woman, female entrepreneur, should should aim to do that. Get your paperwork. Get your education. Because it it's good when you can lead with that when you enter into any meeting, into any space. It's good when you can lead with your okay. education first. So you're still rooted in 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 uh, media, and oh, but you're, you're using other other things to do. So give us me a sense of where you know the state of our media right now. Media is, is a very competitive, rapidly evolving field because of mm-hmm. technology. Right. What's your take on the sense of where? Um, the Jamaican, the Caribbean communities, as far as um, maturity in its media content and broadcasting capability. In the United States, or are we talking about in the Caribbean? Right, the, the influence where you see the maybe at home and abroad. All right, so you want me to answer both? No problem. So, in terms of media in Jamaica, I can only speak for Jamaica. I mean, I've visited most Caribbean islands at least twice. But what I've seen is obviously we're so we are not first world we're not first world countries, right? And so the quality of our productions uh based on the tools that we have may not hold up to the first world, right? So to speak. Mm-hmm. However I would say the quality in terms of our ability to tell a story. I'm talking about filmmaking now in terms of our storytelling. If you look at the the quality of the music videos that are being produced by our media people and our film people from the Caribbean, it's it's really coming up. Definitely first world. In terms of television and broadcasting in general, hmm. I'm going to get in trouble for this one, but I feel like the the love of the craft is not why our people or personalities are doing the work. Okay. It's not because they love media. There are very few people out there, and you can tell the ones who really love it because of 
the way um, they present themselves and how, how they're received by their audience. But then there's a, another set that just got into it because of the fame or, or the perceived fame, which to me is the downside of being a media personality, to be honest. Um, well, well, let's look at it also from the consumer type side, right? You talk about the producers. From the consumer side, what's your sense of, given what you just said about quality of the product, how is that product being um, supported and consumed? So media is evolving in a rapid way based on technology, right? So everyone has a smartphone or or has access to a smartphone. They have access to Alexia and Amazon and all that. I actually have a satellite radio show <laughs> that I do that you can actually listen to in your car separate from the traditional broadcasting medium. And I've had to evolve, and, and other media professionals like myself, we've had to evolve to meet the the audience where they're listening, right? So satellite mm-hmm. radio, um, mobile app, even the, the mediums that you're using right now, online, things like that. We have had to really grow with the times and grow with the technology. And it's been difficult to keep up, to be honest, because now I find myself having to share a lot on social media because that's the way people are consuming things right now. And I was very slow to that that trip, which is why my followers might not be in the millions. But um so, so really talk to those who are not following you. What would you say what would you say to those who are not following you say, Boy, um why should Honestly I would rather you follow Ireland Fever FM, to be honest. And that's the difference between me, myself and quite a few people in media. I would rather you follow Island Fever FM than follow me. Um, All right. So so what about <laughs> Island Fever that, that's novel or compelling or inspirational that I should? Because I'm I'm not in, involved in media like most people are. I'm the nerd oh. type. So tell oh, me why, why, oh, <laughs> why oh, I should even consider spending some of my time um, in 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 this space. Because because here's the thing, regardless to what whatever problems you're experiencing, media is your escape. Entertainment is your escape. It is the place you go to escape from your everyday life, right? It's why we watch movies. It's why we listen to music. It's why we we we, we participate in social media um, fads and things like that. The truth is we all need a place to relax. We all need a place to feel like we belong. And Island Fever FM for, for Caribbean diaspora people provides a taste of home, okay? So... Mm-hmm. But but not only a taste of your home specifically, but a taste of, of an introduction, so to speak, of other cultures within the Caribbean that you might not have been exposed to because you would have been in your Jamaican bubble or your Guyanese bubble or your Trinidad bubble or your Haitian bubble. What Island Fever FM does is bring, we bring all those cultures together. We have this jocks from different, con- these representing different countries 
different areas, different territories, even different languages, right? So we have Haitian Americans on, we have, and through running Island Fever FM, I myself have been exposed to Haitian culture in a way that I don't believe I would have been able to do had it not been for my work with Island Fever FM. Oh, right. I think you, you're certainly very dedicated to this thing. So as you look, yes. I know you you're, you have some community initiative to try to give back. Absolutely. But in light of that and what you'd like to do to leave your foot, your larger footprint on our media space, um, finish the sentence for me. In five years, because of Candice, um, media because within the Candace. Caribbean and Jamaica will be what? Okay. In five years, because of Candace, Caribbean people Candace all will be doing what in five years to, to further the, the art and the craft of media in the Caribbean? Oh, art and the craft of media in the Caribbean, to be specific. All right. So in five years, Candace will be offering scholarships to young artistic children who want to study, I'll be offering opportunities for them to study the the art in the United States. I'll be providing some kind of scholarship, some kind of opportunity for them to study the art in the United States and even at home, right? So there are a number of, um, I really want to invest in the students who are trying in school, but they're not quite they're not quite A students, but they are trying. And I want to reward those students with, with being able to, to study in their own areas of expertise. So that's, that's really what I want to do. I want to develop the youth. I want to develop the arts. I want to develop the film industry in Jamaica for sure, definitely. Those are three things that I will be doing in five years. Wonderful. So as we close, leave us final gem of wisdom with our audience. Be authentic. Love what you do. It's the only way you're going to get up every day and be excited about life. You know, don't sweat the small stuff um, or try not to, right? Life is a journey, not a destination. You've got to remember that as much as possible. Stop and appreciate where you are. Live from a place of gratitude as much as you can. I mean, it's it's the human space for us to be very, to complain a lot. But every now and again, you've got to remember to just stop, look at where you've been, look at where you are now, and love yourself for it. That is wonderful, wonderful closing. So to learn more about Candace, visit islandseaverfm.com, and you can also email her at business at islandseaver.com. You said that you have a satellite show. How can the audience listen to you on the satellite show? My satellite radio show is actually on right now. Uh, it's on, the, on Dash Satellite Radio on the Delicious Vinyl Station uh, every Saturday. Eastern time, six. Sorry, every Sunday, Eastern time, six to eight p.m. and that's Pacific time, three to five p.m. So awesome. that's Dash Dash Satellite Radio on the Delicious Vinyl Station, 
And um, yeah, I'm their island DJ on there. Island Fever FM gives the very best mixing of the of dancehall, reggae, soca, some compine there, and a little bit of Afrobeat. Yeah, that's the, you're hitting all the, the the buttons for the Caribbean community to learn about Chris Daly. Visit Digital to Grow. That's the number Digital to Grow to learn about Jamaican diaspora. Visit JamaicanDiaspora.com. Candice, we enjoyed you. Happy Caribbean Heritage Month for all of you in the U.S. and the um the voice of the Caribbean diaspora in the U.S. And that event, that month is going to just get bigger and bigger and larger and larger. 33 countries in the Caribbean, and we are making moves. Candace, you have a good day now. Thanks for spending some time with us. Bye now. Bye-bye. Take care.